Welcome back to the SC Prep Insiders podcast. Once again, my name is Jeff Dulac, joined again by Scott Bernstein. Uh, we got quite the issue at yeah. hand that we're going to discuss on this podcast. Yeah. The nope. uh, Thomas Kithier, the ruling by the MHSAA that Thomas Kithier, the uh, Michigan State basketball signee who made a move from Macomb, Dakota to Clarkston over the mm-hmm. summer, has been ruled uh, ineligible for the entire hoop season um, under the pretense, or not no, no, under the, the MHSA ruled that it was a athletically motivated transfer. Mm-hmm. Clarkson uh, has gone, has done a zero to 60, zero to 100. They went right. from not saying anything uh, the last couple months to when the appeal uh, ruling came down this week. They have uh, uh, opened their mouths and are been very vocal in, in um, uh, espousing the belief that uh, they are being targeted, that they're being kind of singled out and made an example of yep. uh, unfairly. And uh, we're going to kind of just, you know, bat around Mm -hmm. um, the subject. And, uh, you know, there's very layered. It's very thorny. um, And there's a lot of mud being slung in multiple directions right now. Yep. Uh, It's a three-way mudslinging fest between uh, Clarkston, the state, and uh, Macomb, Dakota. Well, their their mudslinging was in the the initial uh, grievance report. Right. Where they said that... um, But all of a sudden they've gone... You know, and they've gone radio silent in the yeah, last exactly. uh, couple days, but uh, you know, there, there some some of their allegations were, um, according to the MHSA, proved false, right. which is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I guess we'll 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 just kind of break this down um, piece by piece. Right. So uh, well, Th- Thomas Kithier, six eight. Uh, power forward mm-hmm. from might has, be six nine now, but has, has played at Dakota. Played as a freshman on Dakota's varsity. Yep, um, a four star recruit. Four star recruit uh, committed to Michigan State after his sophomore year. Signed right. last month. Yep. Um, averaged about twenty and ten uh, last year as a junior, and uh, decided to leave Dakota in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. He uh, purchased and or rented an apartment. Um, mm-hmm. He was in the apartment to start the year. Right. Um, from what I gather from the press conference that I was just at today, Clarkson called a press conference and uh, to discuss this issue. That doesn't happen very often. Right. Where a high school, yeah. A holds a press conference and B holds a press conference for something pertaining to athletics and nothing really more than a single player's eligibility. Yeah, and their and their anger or frustration with yeah. uh, this was this was a venting said of eligibility. Right. Um. So. Uh, initially, he moved into the apartment, into the district himself mm-hmm. uh, as an as an 18-year-old. Um, Which he's allowed to do. Yes. Uh, at some point in the last month, Clarkson is telling us that the family now has moved mm-hmm. um, to the district. Uh, I know that there was an affidavit uh, signed with the MHSA last month where Kithier's mom um, admitted that they were not living with him. Uh, but now I guess the uh, the full move has been made now, and, and the whole Kithier family is is residing in the Clarkson district. Right now, my interpretation of that is that Kithier potentially moved to Clarkston without his parents, and his parents came, you know, on the heels of him going to Clarkston. I they, don't think that's, they came that's later. An impression that's that's what right. happened. Well, Clarkson's admitting that. Right. Yeah. So she his mom signed that you know be you know signed it truthfully at the at that yeah. time because they weren't there yet. Right. They're there now. Uh, yes. And. Uh, the MHSA uh, ruled initially that uh, he was ruled, or sorry, the MHSA ruled initially that he was ineligible mm-hmm. um, based on an athletically motivated transfer. This was precipitated by 
two things. The first being um, whenever there's a transfer, uh, whether it be for for whatever reason, um, there needs to be a uh, it's called a, a, a transfer edu- uh, an educate educated uh, an educational transfer form. forum that needs to be signed by principals at both schools. Right. So and this is where it gets kind of muddy, especially regarding Dakota. Yeah. So so uh, Clarkson's principal signed off on it, but uh, the Dakota principal uh, refrained from signing it, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, furthermore, uh, Dakota put in a grievance with the state claiming that uh, Clarkston had recruited uh, Kithier to Clarkston mm-hmm. and that uh, it was an athletically motivated transfer. Right. Now, what's interesting is uh, the ruling came down that Clarkston, uh, the, the MHSA ruled that Clarkston had not mm-hmm. recruited uh, Kithier to Clarkston. So they were cleared of that allegation. Right. But uh, a rule that was put in a couple years ago by the MHSA called the Lynx Rule. Mm-hmm. Um, was um, well, the MHSA decided that the links rule uh, or violation of said links rule ha- applies in this case. Mm-hmm. And the cornerstone of that ruling, according to the MHSA uh, yesterday, was the fact that Kithier um, played his summer ball, his AAU ball, um, with Clarkston's uh, first team uh, all-state point guard and fellow, another MHSA signee. Mm-hmm. Um, MSU signee. I'm, sorry. What did I say? M- M- MHSAA. Sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, I don't know if he has to sign with MHSAA. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, future Michigan State Spartan along with Kiffier, uh, first-team All-State point guard Foster Lawyer, who's been uh, Clarkson's best player for the last three years and entering his senior year as the front runner for Mr. Basketball. Mm-hmm. And they played their AU basketball together uh, for a team out of Ohio called All Ohio Red. Yep. Um, who another player who was on that team is Taylor Curry. Taylor Curry, who came over to Clarkson last year from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, the state admits that it's basically the same situation, but says that uh, the team that uh, Curry left for from Ohio and his whole family made the, his family had some ties in Michigan and decided to to come over and all of them moved to Michigan last year. Right. Uh, but the MHS says the reasoning that that he was not ruled ineligible was because uh, there was no grievance filed. Mm-hmm. And uh, the um, principal at the school that he had previously been at, which I believe was a small, a smaller school in Ohio, I believe so. signed off on uh, on the uh, the transfer form. Now, am I correct or incorrect when I say Dylan Alderson was also on this AAU team, or did he play, did he play separate? I don't know where, where Alderson's okay. AAU. I know I, I know I, what I do know is that at some point in time, uh, when Foster was a sophomore, and yeah, maybe. Uh, when Foster was either a freshman or a sophomore, mm-hmm. he played on an AAU team with Dylan Alderson. Okay. I don't know if it was this same AAU team. Gotcha. Now, see, and Alderson's family also made a full move. Yes, yes, they they came from Davison. Yeah. So there's la- again, there's this is a layered issue. There, there's the the quote unquote full move issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the athletically motivated transfer issue. There's the uh, refusal to, to sign the the transfer form issue, and there's the grievance filing issue. Right. And according to the MHSA, according to the MHSAA, um, they are very um, vocal about them uh, declaring themselves we're not an investigative body. That's what they're saying, yep. and that the only way they look into transfer eligibility and uh, circumstances surrounding transfers is if the school that the kid left from uh, files a grievance, mm-hmm. points a finger. See, now this is where, to me, this is where this entire situation, saga, whatever you want to call it, gets the most frustrating. And maybe I'll step on some toes by saying this, but so be it. 
Macomb Dakota, this this really strikes me as this is nothing but sour grapes with Macomb Dakota losing Thomas Kithier to transfer. Uh, regardless of what the motives are for a transfer, Thomas Kithier was going to Clarkston. It seems like Dakota just wanted to stomp its feet because they were upset at that case. Especially well, since let's the- not forget where where two of Dakota's three best players last year came from. They, those players were not Dakota kids. They've taken a lot of uh, Dakota- Jack Jack Ballantyne, who is now playing at the University, Starting of, Detroit at Mercy. University of Detroit Mercy. Right, he is a Warren De La Salle kid, and Warren De La Salle immediately signed off on his transfer, allowed him to go to Dakota and play on a team that had a chance of going to the state finals. They lost to, well, and to the, Clarkston and in Jermaine, the regional final. Jermaine Jackson, and Jermaine Jackson Jr. came over from Mount Clemens. Mount Clemens. Mount Clemens allowed him to immediately be eligible. So let's not you know, you know, know, sidestep the fact that Macomb, Dakota, was the complete benefactor of transfers and multiple transfers. We just mentioned yeah. two of the high-profile ones. but Their been- success this last three or four years uh, where they were yep. a legitimate contender to go to the Final Four, one of the three years they actually went to the Final Four, legitimate state champion contenders, were uh, was a foundation built on kids that didn't start their high school career at Dakota. Right. So you, you look at it from that perspective. So to me, that's that's sour grapes. That is, things aren't going our way. So, well, tough. Well, I, would, gonna... I would give some more credence to, to Dakota's complaint if the MHSA had found that Clarkson poached right. the kid or recruited the kid. But the MHSA in their ruling is, is, is explicitly saying that they have found Clarkson innocent of any undue influence. Right. Um, just for, for what it's worth, we got an email from the MH, MHSA today a couple of hours ago. Uh, and there's a specific bullet point, you know, stating that fact. It says the MHSA office found that Clarkson had not partaken in undue influence, parentheses, recruiting to secure the transferring athlete. The point was acknowledged by the school itself in writing on November 14th. It was reiterated when the MHSA handed down the executive handed down the executive committee decision earlier this week. Yeah. So, so they, MHSA so said, yeah, Clarkson didn't recruit Thomas Kithier. Thomas Kithier made the personal decision to go to Clarkson himself. They're the Kithier family. And, the, and the Kithier family is also um, doing some finger pointing back at Dakota, saying that uh, the environment the last two years for Thomas at the Dakota school was becoming, quote-unquote, increasingly intolerable. Mm-hmm. Um, Clarkston has, uh, Clarkston administrators have uh, relayed that it was a toxic environment, that that he was in an untenable situation there, that he, he basically couldn't stay there. Right. Um, they also uh point out that uh the major that thomas is looking to um pursue at michigan state a communications major mm-hmm. that uh clarkson has a a media program that is uh, very highly regarded and and would would play into you know his future plans as a as a uh as a person as an adult not just as an athlete right um and that there are af- uh, there are academic programs and uh, academic um uh, that uh, there are academic roads and classes and, uh, um, well, there are academic classes that, that Clarkson offers that Dakota doesn't offer. Right. Now, the MHSA's um, retort to that is that there are other schools in between the Dakota, where Dakota's district is, mm-hmm. and the Clarkson district yep. that offer those programs mm-hmm. and that if you wanted to make the move you should have moved to one of those uh school districts well so be it but in my opinion it's not dakota's choice to tell a family where they can move no that was but i'm saying that's the right. mhsa saying oh that's the mhsa yes. okay i apologize i was breaking something down um but so be it 
if you don't want to go to a school between Dakota and Clarkston, it's it's your prerogative to go where you where you choose if you're leaving a school. Um, now, I I, pers- I think there's a lot of blame to be uh, spread around in this. Yes, I without per- a doubt. I personally don't put a lot of it at Clarkston's feet. The only thing I would say about Clarkston, and this isn't really a really putting blame per se, mm-hmm. is that the program. You know, just call it like it is. The program the last couple of years has benefited for some high-profile transfers, guys that are going to play big-time college basketball or at the very least Division One college mm-hmm. basketball. Well, you and um, I and recently we, talked we, about uh, a big-time transfer, you know, back in the days that Dean Fife played at Clarkson. Yeah, the, all this whole Clarkson transfer issue started back in right. the 1990s when Angelo Taylor, mm-hmm. who was Pontiac uh, Northern? Northern's yeah, best player, uh, made the move for his senior year to Clarkson. And Pontiac Northern, if, uh, for, I'm talking to some some guys that are kids that are kind of uh, of young age and they don't really know My about age. the Pontiac, uh, the dynasty that Pontiac basketball was for decades and mm. decades. I only saw the tail end of it. Uh, but uh, Pontiac Northern and Clarkson were bitter rivals. Yes. And would play to games where there'd be three, 4,000 people in that gym, mm. uh, would play twice a year in the regular season uh, battling for the conference title, then would usually – uh, frequently would meet in the state tournament and just, you know, some wars. Right. So uh, it'd be like, it'd almost be the equivalent of like a, a, a kid from East Lansing that was going to Michigan State transferred over to Michigan. Right. And uh, Angelo came in and played with Dane Fife, uh, Dan Fife, the legendary Clarkson head coach who just actually just moved into number three mm-hmm. all time uh, in the, on, the, on the coaching win list uh, last night. And back on Thursday night, uh, when Clarkson went to two and zero on the season, beating Flint, Carmen, Ainsworth, yep. and uh, Dan's oldest, sorry, Dan's youngest son, Dane, uh, his most—I um, uh, don't know if I'm saying his most accomplished. Well, he won Mr. Basketball, yep. and his oldest son, Dugan, was just as good of a high school basketball player, right. but didn't win Mr. Basketball. Um, but uh, the the blame goes around. But with Clarkson, as far as the blame is concerned. Clarkson, you know, not that Clarkson's ever recruited players, but they're not, you know, new to, to players transferring in. Well, and especially, and like we're saying, so we're, we're, we're dating ourselves. That was 20 years. years ago when Angelo Taylor did that. Yeah. But three, the last four, four or five years, there's been a good amount of kids that are coming into the district. Uh-huh. Um, and these are kids that are, like I said, that are, are Taylor Curry is a kid that's going to go play at Wisconsin. Yeah. Dylan Alderson, who was on the state championship team, um, is at Toledo right mm-hmm. now. And Thomas Kithier is going to Michigan State. So, you know, when it's, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when, when, when you take those kids in, whatever the, whatever the reasons are, whatever the preconceived notions are, or whatever the climate is, you know, there are going to be people that are pointing fingers. Right. And you're kind of, in some ways, maybe opening yourself up mm-hmm. for that finger pointing if you continue to, to take kids in. But uh, I will say that, you know, Every every parent, every kid has has the right to to uh, go to school where they want to go to school, go to the district they want to go to the uh, whatever district they want to go to. I feel like mm-hmm. there's really no disputing. This is all due respect to the to the district in Dakota, but um, I believe that the the Clarkson School District is a little more highly regarded, um, you know, academically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, like I, like I keep on going back to, you know, Clarkson's been cleared of any recruiting or any poaching in this situation. Right. Uh, so, you know, this, this kind of, in my opinion, uh, most of the blame in this, in this situation falls, uh, at the door of the MHSA and Macomb, Dakota for, you know, right. I guess you could say being the sore loser. See, here, here's where I stand on, on the whole, um, I guess 
the the transferring epidemic, I guess that we, we're in. Oh, it's in that. There's no question. It's an epidemic. Right. I mean, it's the wild west out there, and you know, you could go across the state in in, in almost every sport. Yep. This thing has gotten out of hand, and, and that's really where where I, I put it at the MHSA's feet because the way they enforce it is so arbitrary and so selective. Mm-hmm. See, the way I look at it, in, in terms of transferring, it's an epidemic only because we, we've made it an epidemic. In my opinion, five years ago, I would have told you this whole transferring thing has to stop. We can't keep doing it. Now, as long as there's no recruiting, because I do believe that there is no place for recruiting in high school sports. I don't care at what level. You should not be recruiting a kid to go there. However, if a kid makes a decision and his family makes a decision to make a transfer, who cares? Let them. That's that's where I'm at now. I know that's a that's probably a very unpopular opinion because there's a lot of schools out there, there's a lot of programs, even I'm sure some coaches listening to this thinking to themselves, well, kids aren't going to transfer into my district. Kids will want to transfer out of my district. And I'm sorry to say it. If you cannot put a complete grasp and, and a complete lockdown on the transferring, you can't pick and choose. You either, you know, need, a, you either, you either need to enforce actual rules yep. and not just enforce them because someone's filing a grievance. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I keep on going, um, when people have talked to me about this, I, I keep on using this analogy. You know, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's usually a duck. Right. So if you're a part of the, uh, uh, part of the MHSA brass mm-hmm. and you're reading an article or you're watching a, a, a game mm-hmm. and something looks fishy to you, you should be able to investigate it. Right. And I understand the fact that the MHSA is not staffed to the point where yeah. the birthday can be That's an investigational um, they need to either, entity, They either need to police it or they need to open it up. Right. I, I'm with you on that. And so I, with this being said, I don't, you know, the MHSA, I think anybody in the MHSA will tell you that in certain regards when it comes to transfers, there is some blame to go around even on the side of the MHSA in certain cases. In certain cases. I'm not saying this case. This case I'm also not saying it's not this case. But with with the way that transferring has gotten out of control over the last 10 years, I mean, really, when I first started in this business nine years ago, doing this, it was like, wow, somebody transferred. Now it's somebody transfers. Thomas Kithier transferred to Clarkson. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's how you and I addressed it, which is, is completely different from when you and I were working together nine years ago. Yes. It, it's crazy to think about. Um, but when it comes down to it, I've completely stopped caring about trying to prevent a kid from transferring. There are so many extenuating circumstances that play into a kid's decision to transfer, and sometimes they are athletically motivated. But there's no actual way to prove it unless a kid goes, yeah, I'm transferring to such and such school because I want to play football or basketball or baseball or whatever the sport may be. And really, the- and, and a sport that transferring has become you know commonplace and I think may have been one of the sports that starts this whole epidemic was wrestling. Yeah. And... I'm not saying I know enough about wrestling, but I don't think we, there's a whole lot of, a lot of reports that come out saying, oh, so-and-so transferred in wrestling, but he's got to sit out this year. Because because you're talking about an entire sport needing to police itself. And you know that, in the, that regard, I agree with the MHSA, and that's the right way to go about it. Basketball coaches, you know, football coaches, baseball coaches, police yourselves. Because that's the way, you know, the MHSA doesn't have 5,000 people. They're going to be able to staff and say, oh, go investigate this kid's move. Go investigate that kid's transfer, whatever it may be. But the coaches need to police themselves. And if the coaches are unable to police themselves, then you're leaving up a whole lot of opinionated, a whole lot up to opinion. You know, you're looking at people at Dakota. Do people at Dakota truly believe 100% without hesitation that Thomas Kithier transferred to Clarkston for athletically motivated reasons? No, there's no way to fully know that. The Kithier family is saying that 
it was getting uncomfortable for Kithier to remain at Dakota. Academically, Clarkson's a better fit for Thomas Kithier. So there's no way to really prove that. So unless we're going to police ourselves completely, and that means every single school in the sport, every single program. I will say, though, uh, for, for Dakota's argument, mm-hmm. I would guess that if Clarkson wasn't Clarkson in terms of uh, the basketball powerhouse yeah. that they are, that Thomas Kithier probably wouldn't have landed at Clarkson. That, that's 100% fair. That, there's, no, there's no question about yeah. it. That's, that's completely fair. And you know, if you look at what... But, but as you said, they're saying this, this was not an athletically motivated uh, right. uh, situation. Right. They've, they've um, put forward evidence to that effect. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, the only thing that MHSA is saying, from what I could gather from, from my talks with them, right. was the links rule with you know the fact that, that Foster Lawyer and uh, Thomas Kither had played AU basketball together. Right. So to me, that's really opening up a whole can of worms. It's like the, the toothpaste is out of the tube at that point. Because right. So now anyone you play AU basketball with uh, at any point in in uh, in your in your youth now right. that's gonna you're gonna be prevented you're, from go- going to school with them if you're not at the school to start with them. You're opening a completely different can of worms by doing that because. And by the way, uh, if it, people don't know the way AAU basketball uh, works, mm-hmm. you could play with three different teams in in one year. Yes. So I mean, it's not like high school where you're at one. I mean, right. one second a guy's playing with a family. The next second they're playing with One Nation. The right. next second they're playing with Reach Legends. The next second with this new trend, they're going out of state to play for All Ohio Red or Ty Streets, uh, the former uh, wide receiver, Michigan wide receiver, uh-huh. has got his own AAU program um, in uh, uh, in Illinois. Draymond Green and Lamar Woodley have their own AAU program up in uh, uh, Saginaw. Uh-huh. So I mean, this. <laughs> I mean, this this is the way that you look at it, and. When you're the MHSAA, the MHSAA can't and should not look at AAU or 7-on-7 football or anything like that, whether it's wrestling, whatever the sport may be, should not recognize that as being something that they should recognize. They just shouldn't. The MHSAA controls the sports it controls. However, when it comes to, again, the sport itself, policing itself, you have to realize that high school sports is not the only avenue for these kids to get out on the court and play sports. There are so many more avenues, and I'm sure there's a lot of kids who prefer playing in those other, you know, playing those other avenues and playing AAU or seven on seven football, travel baseball, travel softball, travel volleyball, you know, all these wrestling circuits. Have, you know, that's just the way things are now. It, it just is. So when you go back and you look at it from a perspective of, it, there's just no way to police it. In, in there's my, just not. In my opinion, I, I feel like. And I'm not saying that an example doesn't need to be made, and I'm not saying a statement doesn't be, need to be made right. for what's going on with, with, with the transfer situation. But it seems to me, and this is what Clarkson uh, is putting forth, and I, I seem to, I, I tend to agree with them. Mm-hmm. The MHSA wants to put a face on this. They want to say, you know, this. Look at the Thomas Kithier situation and think twice before you leave. And in my opinion, it's just better to just instead of taking the situation and, and taking a 18 year old kid and and making him the poster child mm-hmm. instead in my opinion you should just put in legislate legislate it and yes. in my opinion I've been saying this for years if you really want to stop the transfer uh, epidemic which I don't think is an overstatement you no, put no, in no. and I know some other states have this just you put in if you leave no matter what with very few exceptions to the rule you're sitting for a whole year 
So that means that if you're going to leave, you better leave as a sophomore right. to be eligible by your senior year. Right. And if that's the case, and I, and I think there should be some exemptions to that, mm-hmm. uh, limited exemptions. But for the most part, if you're leaving, whether it's for academics or athletics or whatever, uh, you're not going to play sports for a year. Right. See, see, I agree with that. And on top of that, you know, I do credit the MHSA for, for the – Not just one, not just the sport that you're going to right. like sports, period. All athletics. Um, I do agree with your point, but when it comes to the MHSA, um, I do applaud you know their their efforts. You know, putting in these new rules, trying to to prevent transfers to a certain extent. Um, I just don't think tra- I don't think these rules have any teeth. Right. Well, I agree with that, and that here's part of you know where I'm going. When I mentioned this, they're not. They're not sit- I'm sorry to keep you interrupting. They're not. They're. To, your, to what you're saying, to their credit, they're not just sitting idly by. Right. They are they're trying being proactive. They're, 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 they are being as proactive as they can be. I just don't necessarily agree with uh, the, the measures they're taking. Or, or I agree in theory with the measures they're taking. Right. But it's not being um, carried through in the way that I would like to see. Right. See, I agree. But on top of that, when, when they put in these new rules, and I think their, their biggest rule change, which came, what, two years ago now? The Link's rule was two or three years ago. Right. So when that went in... I literally went out to different coaches. I went. Out, I talked to two football coaches, two basketball coaches, and one baseball coach. And I won't tell you what sport these coaches coach. I won't tell you who they are because you know I, I just don't believe in throwing somebody under the bus like that. But these coaches, two out of those five coaches, go, oh yeah, we already found loopholes. We're not concerned. That's a problem. Yeah. That's a that's a real problem. If you're putting in these rules and the coaches all automatically are looking through it and saying, oh, we found a loophole. So if the coaches aren't able to police themselves, I know I keep going back to this this metaphor, I guess, but if the coaches keep are unable to police themselves, how can you expect the MHSA to police it so on a regular and consistent basis? They're not, the Lynx rule was installed, but it's not being, in my opinion, it's not being adequately enforced. It's being enforced in this specific situation right. because you have someone that's blowing a whistle and pointing a finger. Right. And so in some ways you're... you're Really inviting the only times that you're going to enforce it is when there's uh, a lot of bitterness yeah, and, and feuding. Yeah, see that's that's exactly it. And I, you know, I I would almost guarantee that the MHSA didn't put that rule in place for a school just to you know be bitter. Oh, we're bitter. We don't want such and such player going to a new school playing for a new team. We won't sign off on it. That's not what the MHSA intend, intended for the Lynx rule to be. They, they, there's just no way. The MHSA, I think they intended the links rule to be in place to say, okay, guys, when you know somebody transfers out of your school, don't sign this. You know, if And as a whole, this wouldn't be an issue. If the links rule was followed to the law over the last two years, this Thomas Kithier situation would be a non-issue. We wouldn't be talking about it right now. We wouldn't be writing stories. We wouldn't be reporting on it. It would be, well, he moved, and that's that. He was playing summer basketball with another 17-year-old kid. Like, if you were telling me that the MHSA had found that members of the Clarkston basketball program or athletic department were having contact with Kithier, which was found that that's not the case. Right. Now, if, if that was where we were right now, I would have a lot less of an issue with what was happening and the yeah, fact that you're – For sure. For all intents and purposes, you're, you're throwing this kid senior year out the door. Yeah. I, I said it earlier. Uh, the, the, there's the, no place for recruiting. Clarkston has has said in the press conference, uh, the superintendent of the schools at the press conference today said that he intends uh, for for Kithier to be playing uh, for Clarkston uh, in second second semester. That they haven't exhausted all their remedies. Right. Uh, there are other remedies uh, 
with the MHSA as well as uh, outside. That, uh, they didn't say that they were considering uh, litigation, but they said they weren't ruling it out. Right. Um, so this is we don't know, we don't know if, if if his whole senior year has been thrown out uh, the window. But as of right now, that that's what it looks like. I mean, he's been ruled ineligible for the whole season yep. by by the state. So I, I just. I just would have liked to see more evidence of wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. If you were going to use this kid as an example, if you were going to put him on a poster, if you were going to come so heavy-handed, yep. I, I just would like to see more evidence of tampering, of undue influence. But if the only thing you're telling me is that he played AU basketball with, with a player from Clarkston, that's mm-hmm. uh, just that's very tenuous and very thin. Right uh, uh, for me uh, t- to believe that you, you should throw away his whole season for that. Right, which which to me go, falls back on the fact that when when you're the MHSA, and I'm going to defend the MHSA for a second here, um, and and because the MHSA isn't going to, it's it's impossible for the MHSA to police every single sport, every single school that isn't part of the Michigan High School Athletic Association. It just is. You can't expect them to. So when you're the MHSA, and you look at it, you have two schools. One is saying, yeah, he's not coming here for an athletically motivated transfer, and the other is saying, yes, he is. What's the MHSA supposed to do? The MHSA, literally, it, it comes off as it's siding with one and not the other. Well, their their, their uh, reasoning mm-hmm. is that it's athletically motivated because he was playing the sport that he's going to college with in the summer with a member of the Clarkson basketball program. Right. But that's to me, that's just because, in my opinion, that Dakota said, "Well, that's why that's why he's leaving. He's going to go play with his, you know, future college teammate." I don't necessarily disagree with the MHSA making the decision that they made because if they if they cannot go and do a complete, comprehensive investigation, then they have to go off of the information that's provided to them. And you look at it, that's the information that was provided to them. I'm assuming by Macomb, Dakota, and the only thing Clarks can really say is, "Yeah, that's not true." Because Clarkson can't doesn't it's impossible for Clarkson. Well, there's to another underlying anything other than that. Another underlining circumstance here. Uh, although th- these are not two schools that have some you know traditional history or a traditional rivalry, these easy. these three the last three seasons, the road to the Final Four has gone through the two of these two teams in the regional. Yep. Uh, so they've played each other three straight years. Clarkson's won two of three, and. Uh, Dakota won Dakota at the buzzer in double, in double overtime, overtime two, two years, years ago. ago. Last year, Clarkson beat uh, Dakota in the region on their way to the state championship. Foster lawyer put on and, a show in that game. And in uh, three years ago was another uh, overtime game yep. uh, where Clarkson lawyer as a freshman went for 35 points. Yep. And they ended up uh, going to the quarters and losing at the buzzer in the quarters to f- current Michigan State point guard Cassius right. Winston and uh, UD Jesuit on their way to the Final Four. Right. So I, I think that uh, I, I – I wonder if a if this was five years ago, and there was no uh, you know real rivalry between Clarkson and Dakota's basketball programs. Yeah. If Clarkson and Dakota had not faced each other three times uh, in a row in the regionals uh-huh. and had been in each other's way for for long tournament runs, would Dakota still be pointing the finger? It's a very very interesting question. And cluster. and to add to that, uh, the 2017. Dakota Cougars basketball team didn't just lose, or going into 2018, didn't just lose Thomas Kithier. They lost 
four kids. Yep. There's been there are three other transfers. One's at New Haven right now, and two are at Mar, uh, Marine City, Marine City Cardinal Mooney. Okay. So, and I'm not positive what their eligibility. Not to mention the is. two players that are now playing at Detroit Mercy. Not to mention, well, they're, they're two stars from la- right. two well, or three we, stars. We from said last at the year. beginning of the, of the podcast that they, they had kind of built that foundation as a state power yeah. on kids that didn't start at Dakota. But I'm talking about specifically kids that are still in high school, that mm-hmm. left in the summer of 2017, yeah. left the Dakota program, and went to other schools. Thomas Kithier is one of four. Right. There are three other kids. One's at New Haven right now, and two are in the Catholic League at Cardinal Mooney. Which so. makes me wonder to the point the Kithier family made that it's, it became uh, an I'm saying, why aren't you making an example out of those kids? Because they didn't go to Clarkston. Right. Because they're not Thomas Kithier. Because they're not going to Michigan State. Right. Well, what, it makes me wonder, these kids because left Dakota. The New Haven and, and Carla Mooney and did, aren't running into Dakota in the state tournament. Well, and on top of that, but did these families who played the decision to, to, to that played into the decision to, to transfer, did they also agree with the, the Kithier family's belief that this was becoming a toxic environment? Yeah. And we I don't, don't really know, that. know what that means. Right. You, yeah, can there, look, you can look into it and, and I guess, you, you know, can define come, it however come you away with a lot of different definitions. Um, I would I would like to hear, uh, like like we said at the beginning of the broadcast, Dakota's gone radio silent on this the last yes. c- uh, couple days. They're not responding to any media requests right. for interviews. Justin Rose from WXYZ Channel 7 said he, he called the superintendent, the principal, the athletic director, has not heard back. Yeah, I, I would like to hear their response to the uh, uh, the toxic environment, the increasingly intolerable um, atmosphere yep. that uh, the Kithiers are, are are saying that you know Thomas wanted to uh, extricate himself from. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that means. I, I, yeah. I kind of want a little very bit more vague. clarification. On yeah. That. Well, I think we've talked enough about uh, the transfer itself. But I, as we close out this podcast, I kind of want to talk about how this decision affects Clarkston the rest of the year. They're still, uh, they're still the number really one th- team in the state. I think There's the no only question. thing, the only way this affects Clarkston mm-hmm. is that they're if Kithier never suits up. They're not going to be in the running for the national championship, right? A mythical national championship by USA Today or right. whoever. Right. The end, of, because with Thomas Kithier in the lineup, I've seen national rankings that have Clarkson as high as number three. Yeah. Yep. Uh, without him, they are still without question the number one team in the state. They're still the front runner to win the state championship. I still expect them to win a second straight state championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but with him. I think it would be guaranteed that they would go undefeated. They, they yes. would win games by a margin of victory of you know double, double digits, digits yep. you know maybe by twenty twenty five points a game. Right. Um, but you know, the, judging by yesterday against Flint Carmen Ainsworth, Flint Carmen Ainsworth, who was mm-hmm. a good team. Yes. Uh, good. They were up on Clarkson mo- most of that game until Clarkson rallied late to, yep. to come away with the victory. So um, I, I think the only difference is where they're looked at on a national scale. And I don't really know at the end of the day if that's that important. See, see, here's how I... In fact, I, I'll say it's not that important. Right. Oh, I, I agree with that. But here's, here's what I look at with Clarkston um, and how it affects Clarkston. Thomas Kithier was going to come in and be that second primary scorer for that Clarkston offense You know that Dylan Alderson was last year. Obviously in a different way because they play different positions. But now we need to see who steps up as that secondary, pri- second primary scorer behind well, Lawyer. It's going be, to pro- be Taylor Curry, right? But I think the more question is who's going to be that third guy, right? Well, that's that's kind of what it is. Is Taylor Curry was probably going to be that third guy? He moves up to the second guy, and who's going to be the guy that kind of fills in the rest? C.J. Robinson, their their um, 
who, their who, ace defender and yep. who's a kid that would be scoring 15, 20 a game at any other school mm-hmm. and has been you know incredibly unselfish uh, in that Clarkson program. He scored 18 last night. Right. Foster Lawyers is a tremendous player. He scored 30 the first two games of the season so far for Clarkson. I think he had 24 the first game. Okay. For some, someone told me that he had 30, but regardless. He had 32 um, last night. Right. He, you can't ask him to... You know, do you know score thirty every single game? He's going to need a little bit of help. Taylor Curry at a twenty twenty game, the first game against Wayne Memorial, okay. twenty points, twenty boards. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of the the thing to look out for Clarkson. I still think Clarkson wins a state championship this year. Um, I think Foster Lawyers got to be the front runner for Mister Basketball. I don't think there's a question Clarkson wins a state championship, this right? Year, unless this situation you know, becomes a distraction and gets in their yeah, head, which is really the only, you know, downside to, to continue to kind of fight this and uh, not just kind of cut your losses and say, okay, it's just not going to happen. Right. Um, and then lastly, I want to close this out and kind of mention uh, TJ Kelly, Scott Bernstein, myself, we all, m- more so TJ, and then I was probably a distant third from Scott, got a lot of maybe negative feedback about our player rankings. Um, specifically regarding Thomas Kithier not being in our player rankings. Um, but this decision by the MHSA was something that was anticipated by all of us. Um, so that would be the main reason why Thomas Kithier was left out of our, our really top re- rankings. And I don't really recall uh, previous situations that would kind of set a precedent for right. a kid that might not play the whole year, uh, you know, what he, where he should be slotted. Now, I, w- I will say in terms of state champs, mm-hmm. Uh, for our football rankings, probably the number one player in the state in terms of uh, college recruiting-wise, yep. Kalen Gervin, we, we had heard from the Cast Tech program that he might miss the whole season. He didn't end up missing the whole season. Right. He might miss the whole season with turf toe. Uh-huh. And gonna, so we, he was potentially going to have surgery. Right. Uh, and so we moved him from the number one slot all the way to number 11, right. 10 or 11. Yeah. So this wasn't something that— It's not unprecedented, for, yeah. for us at least. So with that being said— I th- I think it's unanimous that not only do we think uh, Thomas Kithier is a top ten player, but he's very very close, if not definite, top a top five player. I'll, let me just leave us with one more right. thing to ponder. If Clarkson takes this thing uh, to court, or if the Kithier family decides to take this thing to court. Mm-hmm. They could potentially get an injunction blocking the enforcement of the MHSA rule. Yep, that's something you and I discussed earlier. Yeah, so I'd be interested to see if if that's a avenue that they explore, and it's got to be something that's at least on their mind right now. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my opinion, but I, I would think that that's at least crossed their mind at this point. And uh, he might, you know, at least for, you know, with 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 uh, with, with with the the legal. Um, wheels still spinning mm-hmm. if he's able to get on the, at least get on the floor for a, a period of time right. based on some type of uh, injunction uh filed in in a court ruling that uh they needed to hear more arguments about uh, the validity of mm-hmm. uh of of the MHSA possibly violating constitutional rights of of Kithier and his family right so um that's something that that will definitely have to monitor especially um, I mean, frankly, I'll be honest. When with I, the season when I, already underway, I, I kind of expected when I went to this press conference today that that's what was going to be announced. Right. That there was some type of litigation being filed. And although they 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 they're not saying that that's the case, that but they're very quick to point out that they're they're uh, exploring all different op, uh, options to resolve this, and they're not ruling out uh, possible litigation. Right. So that's something we'll monitor in the coming days, weeks, and months. Um, 
for all the for all the latest, you know, Thomas Kithier, Clarkson Basketball News, I'm sure we'll do another podcast in the not-so-distant future. If you have something to say about this situation with Clarkson and Thomas Kithier and the transfer situation, go to our contacts page at statechampsnetwork.com, write us a message, uh, and maybe we'll readdress this issue in the next couple of weeks and see what comes of it. Uh, For Scott Bernstein, I'm Jeff Dulac. Have a good week.